You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. of the word I've got in my life, the more in daily life and temptation I can defend against the temptation of the enemy. The more sword I have in my sheath, the more weapon I have in my hand. Let me tell you this, the word of God is a great encouragement in times of suffering. And there's tons of scriptures I could have used here. Psalm 119 again says, my hope and my suffering is this, I take delight in the promise of your word. No matter how many times we might hear it preached, many of us take for granted just how powerful God's word is for the believer. Whether it's times of trouble, attack, or even suffering, hope and relief is but a few verses away. As Pastor Danny will teach you in his message today, God's word is not only useful for instruction in righteousness, but it also provides defense. In his study, you'll learn that the more scripture you take in, the more attacks you'll be able to take on. Are you taking in God's word regularly? Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 as he continues his message, The Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4. No other book like this book. Verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And then this verse next says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of whom to whom we must give an account. So it's talking about uncovered here. In the heart and in my attitude. Now, add to that Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 and 10, that the heart is deceitfully wicked and beyond cure. Are you aware? Are you aware? You can't rightly judge your own heart and your own attitudes. I can't rightly judge my own heart and my own attitudes. I can think I'm okay, but the Word of God brings to light things that I don't know. The Word of God will bring to light pride that I never saw. The Word of God will bring to light things in my life that I don't even, I'm not even aware of. I didn't even know it was sin. I was blind to. And then the light of the word shines. It gives guidance in life, short and long term. I love Psalm 119. Longest psalm, it's all about the word. Read it sometime. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A lamp unto my feet, that's short term direction. A light into my path, that's long-term direction. I know where I'm headed long-term. And through the Word of God, I can make wise decisions on a daily basis. Boy, there's a bunch here. It equips us for every good work. 2 Timothy 
chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I couldn't be a, a, a godly pastor. I couldn't be a successful pastor from heaven's estimation without the word of God. Get this one. It's key ingredient. Absolutely key ingredient for defense during times of temptation. Ephesians 6, 17, in the list there of the pieces of armor that God provides for every Christian, available to every Christian, to have victory over the enemy and the spiritual forces of darkness. And the one mentioned at the end of verse 17, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. And there's more than one type of sword. There were two main types of Roman swords. And the word here in the Greek is machera. The Roman sword, it's not the long sword, it's the short sword. It's a double-edged short sword. And it's a short sword because its purpose is for hand-to-hand combat. You with me? Hand-to-hand combat. Jesus used that sword in the temptation by the devil in the wilderness. And every time, the three that we have listed, because I think the devil tempted him over a period of 40 days, so there's more than just those three temptations, but God lists those three because every temptation comes under one of those headings, because he tempted them in regard to his pride, the pride of life. He tempted him in regard to the lust of the flesh, tell these stones to be made bread because he hasn't eaten in 40 days. Pride of life, lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes showed him all of the kingdoms of the world, said, I'll give these to you if you'll just bow down and worship me. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And here's what I like to say. Because every time that Satan, was, uh, Satan tempted Jesus, what did Jesus say? It is written. It is written. It is written. He used the word of God to defend against the temptation of the enemy. And here's what I, I, I said to myself years ago, and I love this phrase. It's one of the original that God gave me for me. I'll share it with you. The more sword I got in my sheath the more weapon I have in my hand. The more of the word I've got in my life, the more in daily life and temptation I can defend against the temptation of the enemy. The more sword I have in my sheath, the more weapon I have in my hand. Let me tell you this. The word of God is a great encouragement in times of suffering. And there's tons of scriptures I could have used here. Psalm 119 again says, my hope and my suffering is this. I take delight in the promise of your word, the promise of your word, because the suffering will not last forever. Romans 8, 18, I consider our present sufferings aren't even worth comparing with the glory that'll be revealed in us. I hope you understand. I need it every day. So do you. Luke 11, 3, it's really, we call it the Lord's prayer, but it's the Lord's pattern of prayer for us, really, because there's something in the Lord's prayer that the Lord never had to pray. Forgive us our transgressions. The Lord never had to pray that. But it says there in that pattern of prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, The manna in the wilderness, which is a picture and a type of not only Jesus, but the word of God, because Jesus is the word. John chapter 1. And the word was made flesh. And the manna given in the wilderness is a type of the word and, of course, a type of Christ. And you only were going to get enough manna for one day. Some people tried to get enough for more than one day. And maggots 
came in and spoiled what they tried to get for more than one day. And it's very clear. I, I need daily bread. I need the word every day. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let me read you this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Here's what God said to Joshua. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. When a king took the throne in Israel under the law, Deuteronomy chapter 17 gave a specific instruction for every king, and unfortunately, every king didn't follow it. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17, or verse 18, when he takes the throne of his kingdom, he's to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law, a copy of the Bible in that day, taken from that of the priests who are Levites. It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life so that he may learn to revere the Lord his God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, again, so practical. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. I've tried to do that as a father. My wife and I have tried to do that as parents. We go on vacation with the kids, especially when they're, young, when they're younger, every day. We get into the Word. We talk about the Word. I'm not, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just telling you, I've tried to do that. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You can't go to my house and relieve yourself without, if you're opening your eyes, seeing the Word of God, because my wife has got the Word of God framed all throughout the house. Every room. Now, let's switch gears. Because while everything I've said is the word and about the word, this is where the rubber meets the road. The word of God has to be a priority, has to become a priority. And if it's not a priority, the priority. Then never do it. Never do it. Proverbs 20, or Jeremiah 29, 13, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Deuteronomy 4.29, you'll find him if you look for him with all your heart and all your soul. Proverbs 2, my son, if you accept my words, store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Has to be a priority. Has to be. Now, I think in this next part, I'm going to help somebody because I was helped. I was helped. And I hope you'll really listen to this. Began as a baby. Our springboard verse from Peter. Like newborn babies. Everybody starts the Christian life as a baby. You're born again. Now, some people stay babies. Some, pe some people here today, perhaps, perhaps, you've been a Christian for 10 years, but you're still a baby. You've never matured. Why? Word of God hasn't become a priority. Oh, you come and listen to a big mouth like me, but you don't get daily bread. And so you never grow up. But begin as a baby. I hope this will help somebody. When I first became a Christian... When I first became a Christian, I tried to read the Word of God on a daily basis. 
I tried to get alone with God and read the Bible. But when I did, I didn't get much out of it. I didn't understand most of what I was reading. I needed help. But listen, all four of my children, every single one, when we brought them home as infants from the hospital, I didn't take them on a tour of the kitchen and say, here's the fridge, here's the microwave, and here's the pantry. If you get hungry, help yourself, but don't wake me up. <laughs> Thank God it was usually my wife that got woken up. Well, listen, not just once a day, several times a day, in the middle of the night, and you get a bottle, and you put a bottle in that baby's mouth to get him to quiet down, and you feed him, and that baby craves that milk. And without that milk, that baby will never grow. And there's a process. And I saw this finally years ago, and I wish I'd have known it when I was a baby Christian because I wouldn't felt so guilty. I felt guilty about not getting much out of the Word and not being real successful and having a daily quiet time. And I love the Lord, but I just didn't get much out of it. But thank God for me, what happened was in a very short time after becoming a Christian, God led me away to Christian college. And at that Christian college, we had chapel service three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And at every chapel service, we were taught and preached the word of God. And I was hungry. I was thirsty for the word. We had service at church every Wednesday night and every Sunday morning. We had special revival meetings and special guest speakers come into this church. And almost on a daily basis, pretty much on a daily basis, people were feeding me the word of God. And I was just sucking it up. And today, there's no excuse for anybody not getting the word on a regular basis. I mean, look, podcast, Christian radio, CDs, whatever it is you want to use, you can choose any teacher you want. You can hear me all you want or you can shut me up. Unless you're here right now. You can tune me out, but you can't shut me up. Begin as a baby. And if you've been a Christian for 10 years, begin as a baby. And make a decision to saturate your life every day with the Word of God. Tomorrow, instead of turning on that secular station, get something and listen to the teaching or listen to the Word of God in some form or fashion. Get the Word of God in your life. And saturate your life. Now, but even as a baby, make it a goal and start even tomorrow, make it a goal to begin a regular personal devotional time that includes Bible reading. And you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. You're not, you can't just say, well, what are you going to do? What today? <laughs> Lay it on your head before you go to bed. Doesn't work. You got to have a plan. I didn't read through the Bible until after Christian college. It was after I moved to Florida that I ever read from Genesis to Revelation. And I did it. The plan was, it's called the one-year Bible. And I bought a paperback one-year Bible. And with just a little bit of discipline every day, it took only about 15, 20 minutes a day. And every day I would read, and it would just, you just have the next day, and you just, it has what to read. And you read that next section. And I did that every day, and I'll never forget how excited I was after my first year of reading through the entire Bible. Years later, I, um, 
developed a personal plan. Um, and at one point, and I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you, I, I was reading through the Bible after I became a pastor here at Calvary Chapel almost four times a year. It was revolutionary, revolutionary. Have a plan. Set a goal to read the Bible daily. I, I suggest starting with the one-year thing. And there, there's, there's the one-year Bible. There's a plan. You can go online and get all kinds of plans. There's all kinds of plans. But I'd say make it a goal to do it in one year. And then maybe after that one year, you want to step it up. Sometimes you want to, uh, sometimes in life you want to pull back and read less and meditate on it more. Does that make sense? Maybe some years you don't read through the whole Bible in one year. Maybe you say, I'm just going to read through this section, but I'm going to go slower and I'm going to meditate on it deeper. Choose a place, determine a time. It's like a date. It's a date with God. I suggest in the morning, because of the example of Jesus, because of plenty of scriptures, I suggest the morning. Uh, some people say, I'm not a morning person. You've got to discipline yourself. Because not only scripture to back it up, why in the world would you go through the day and get beat up and then try to get you know, strengthened at the end of the day? You know, look, that manna from the end of the day won't go over to the next day. I suggest in the morning. And I think the Bible backs that up. Don't skip over difficult or unexciting passages. It's very tempting to do. Still today, I'm tempted to do it. Uh, one year I was reading through, and uh, I got to that section in Numbers where it's just a bunch of names. One name after the other. They don't mean a thing. You can't even pronounce those names. You can't even spell them. And I'm like, Lord, why in the world? Why in the world would you put this here? Why in the world is this here? And I'm telling you, as, as honest as I can, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Very clearly. It was like one of those moments where you just, that was God speaking to me. And here's what he said. He said, you don't know any one of these names, but I know every one of them personally. And the very number of the hairs of their head. That's what God said to me. And every time now, there are times now that I will actually not read through all those names. But every time I get to a section with all those names, I remember what God said to me. And I'm reminded of what a personal God he is. He's a personal God. So don't skip over difficult or unexciting passages. Over time, you'll get revelation. You may be five years down the road, and one you've read, and you just go, I, I never got that. And all of a sudden, bing, light comes on. A lot of times, God will use another scripture to give revelation to a scripture you don't understand. Okay? Ephesians 1, let me just, I don't have this in my notes, just thought of it. Maybe somebody needs this. Ephesians 1, one of the prayers I pray for every new believer I know, every new believer I know, and I pray it, you hear me pray it here a lot before I teach. God grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's what Paul prayed. Lord, grant them the spirit of wisdom and revelation that they may know you better. Listen, when the light pops on, that wasn't just because you've been reading a lot. That's just the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, boom, you see it. You never saw it before. And he says, it's time for you to understand it. He doesn't tell us some things ahead of time because we, we're not ready for it. Jesus even said to his disciples, I got a lot more to say to you, but you can't bear right now later. Evolve as you grow and as the Lord leads. And there's some, so many practical suggestions. And please understand, some people never get off the bottle. I hope that's not you. Hebrews says that some people should have been mature and they needed milk instead of solid food. Unfortunately, I think there are a lot of Christians like that. And if you're like that, then you, you begin to change that this week. Memorization is a great thing. Psalm 119, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And I think that's part of the more sword I have in my sheath, the more weapon I have in my hand. And let me give you some practical advice. 
The younger you are, the more you ought to memorize. Because the older you get, the more difficult it is. I have a very difficult time remembering anything these days. But in the early days, even before I was married, myself and my two roommates, men, and another friend, uh, actually it was Drew. Drew, remember that? Me, you, John, and Tom used to meet. I think it was on Monday night, but we'd meet once a week and we'd memorize scripture. You'd memorize it during the week, and I'd take little three by five cards and throughout the day, I'd, you know, and we had to say it to each other one at a time, and we'd memorize scripture together. I'll tell you what, the younger you are, the more you ought to do it, because the older you get, the harder it is. Increase your daily reading, perhaps. I've already talked about that. Try journaling. I've said this to you before. I'm not a natural journal journaler, but I began journaling and for several years, and I got four notebooks full of journals. And um, journaling is just writing down thoughts, maybe even writing down questions. That's my journaling. I don't necessarily journal, you know, about my life. I'll journal prayer requests sometimes, things like that. But I'll journal things that God shows me in the Word. I'll even ask questions. Lord, what does that mean? Lord, would you show me? And just write down thoughts. And it helps to focus. It'll help you to focus. Uh, guard against self-deception. What's self-deception? James chapter 1. Some of you right now need to guard against self-deception. Right now. Because you could leave here deceived. And you can understand what I mean when I read this. James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. John chapter 13, after Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Here's what he said to them after he washed their feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. You won't be blessed if you know more. Jesus said about the Pharisees, he said to his disciples about the Pharisees, do what they say but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they preach. You know, when I began to express myself physically in worship, and it started in the privacy of my own bedroom, I would read a psalm or I'd read a scripture about bowing before the Lord. And it would encourage you to bow before the Lord. So I would bow before the Lord. And now it's a practice every morning, pretty much every morning, rarely miss it. That's the way I start the day bowing to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Listen, why do you, you know, we read it and you say, you read it, but you don't do it. When it says, Paul says, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer. That's not a cultural thing. If you never lifted your hand as a man, especially in prayer, you say, I don't even understand why. Well, just because it says to, you don't even, you'll understand later. <laughs> you don't have to understand. It just says, do it. When the Bible says, sing to the Lord, shout to the Lord. That's not every service every day, but occasionally when it's appropriate, man, it's appropriate for a shout. When I read in Ephesians, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I say, well, that's good. I'm going to go teach on that because these husbands in the church, they need to learn how to love their wives. <laughs> but if I don't go to the Lord and say, Lord, would you show me what I can do practically? To love my wife as you love me. 
If I don't do something about it, I've deceived myself. Don't deceive yourself. Do what it says. We're so thankful to be able to share God's Word with you on The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. We've been journeying through Christian basics together, learning what it is to be forgiven and how important it is to stay focused on Jesus. If you'd like to hear today's message again or more from Pastor Danny, visit ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab. We'd also like to invite you to join us in our Bible reading plan. This is a great way to get into the Word every day, and reading God's Word is so important. You can find out more under the Resources tab at ccfstpete.church. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us in prayer here on The Living Word. Prayer is such a powerful tool, and it helps us to remain in steady conversation with the Lord. Here on The Living Word, we hope to always teach the Word in order to reach the world. We know that it's easy to get lost in fear and doubt, especially in the world today. But when you seek the Lord first, the days look a bit lighter and the enemy loses his foothold on our lives. If you're listening today and you're wrestling with your faith, take heart. This world is not your final home. Keep seeking and keep praying. Don't lose faith. Thanks for praying and for tuning in today. Join us next time as Pastor Danny continues teaching through Christian basics right here on The Living Word.